for joining us today on the Pentultimate Edition of Tifosi Football Radio, Serie A Edition. My name is Christian Baldanzo-Takio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And today is May the 18th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Our second last Serie A episode for the season. What a ride it's been. Exciting. It's been a it's great, been a great yeah great season. It's been a great season. Whether you know you're a fan of Inter, who's a champion, you're a fan of Roma, who's where they are, you're a fan of Juve, yeah, you're probably miserable. But it was a good competitive season. It was year. a good competitive season. So we're gonna recap for you today, match day thirty seven. We're gonna get into the provisional Italian squad, and we're gonna preview match day thirty eight. After that, we will be back for our final episode of Serie A on Sunday evening uh, to talk about the season as in whole and what to look forward to next season. But that's not it. That's not going to be the end of Tifosi Football Radio, everybody, because we're going to take a little bit of a break for a couple of weeks, but then we're going to come back for Euro 2020 or 2021. Long-awaited. Long awaited. I cannot wait. We got some special guests lined up for that. We're excited. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different than the City A edition, but we're pumped. So let's get started. Let's focus on today. Let's focus on match day 37. Okay? Here we go. The first game we're going to recap for you was actually a thriller Atalanta Genoa, 4 to 3. Yeah, Atalanta, I mean, they just took their foot off the the uh, gas. They had the lead. They probably got a little bit too comfortable. But at the same time, we cannot downplay the impact Eldor Shomurdov from yeah. Uzbekistan had coming off the bench. He was outstanding. Massive, massive. Two the, goals. Yeah, in the team of the week. Beautiful finishes, too. Uh, beating Golini and Pandev, too, scoring a goal off a, off a penalty. Nice and primed up for the Euro for Macedonia. Yes, especially after that big Germany when I'm pretty sure they're feeling good. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Atalanta, in the end, the 4-3, yeah, it makes it look like, okay, Jenna was in the game, but really... They weren't really. They weren't. Atalanta weren't in control, I feel. Massive game headed into the final week against Milan, Atalanta-Milan. Yeah, but preview. Atalanta got nothing to play for in that game, and Milan got everything to play for, but we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Atalanta, big 4-3 win here. Uh, have basically assured themselves Champions League status for next year, so congratulations. Yes, with that win, they did, yep. Genoa have assured themselves Serie A status for next year, which is great, which is where I thought they would be. So I'm very happy about that. So Davide Ballardini can begin next season as the Serie A coach, or sorry, as the Genoa coach in Serie A, only to get fired. That's probably what's going to happen. That He's now getting into his expiry date. <laughs> Off into the next game, Spezia Calcio, 4-1 to victors over Torino. Massive, massive win for La Spezia. Yeah, so this uh, went to help secure in their you know, status in Serie A. Torino, not so much. Although, we will see that today they did win. They tied. Or sorry, they tied Lazio, I mean, and which was enough to secure their passage into Serie A. So, relegation has been settled. Benevento, Parma, and Crotone, all gone. Uh, so, the only excitement is really going to be in the top four games uh, in the final week. But Spezia... Enzola, outstanding penalty. Samponara. Yeah, Saponara as well, getting a nice goal. Erla coming off the bench, the Croatian. Uh, they played fantastic. Completely shut down Torino. Great displays by Spezia. They needed a, a game like this, especially yeah. Vincenzo Italiano, who is now being poached by teams like Sassuolo. They're looking at him. Yeah, he's done his job. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Spezia team next year. Uh, a lot of players will be leaving. Coach will be leaving. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep up this momentum into next year. I, depending, well, we know who two of the teams are coming up, but Spezia are going to have a lot of a lot of work <laughs> in front of them to uh, to stay in City out for next season. Oh, for season. sure, oh for sure. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the big game here. 
Juventus. 3-2 victory. Victors over Inter. Highway robbery. Highway bribery. This is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous game. Ridiculous game. Tell me what you if think. If I'm an Inter fan, I'd be pissed off about yeah, this. As an Inter fan, because of this rivalry, I mean, this is the third game we played against Juve this season. This is the second game. Inter's been screwed over by Gianpaolo Calvarese in, in uh, fixtures yeah. against Juve. In the Coppa Italia, he screwed us over on a on a on another Cuadrado dive. Yep. Ashley Young, you know, dove after. I mean, sorry, Cuadrado dived after Ashley Young just barely grazed his arm and he t- fell over. And yep. and VAR. In all fairness to Calvarese, it was VAR that made that decision in the Coppa Italia, I believe, and uh, affirmed the penalty. And then uh, same thing in this game. I mean, he was terrible. I'm not going to say. You know, Juve got their share of bad calls against as well. But the biggest call, the game deciding call, was, was another the... Cuadrado dive after he goes and studs Perisic in the back of the leg. Somehow, Irati, who's on VAR, yeah. does not see it. It boggled my mind. And uh, Juve get a cheap victory. And it, do. and it put Milan under a lot of pressure, Napoli. And I know a lot of Milan and Napoli fans were very unhappy about that. Sinsa Mihailovic, who now has to face Juve in the final week, also said he made a comment about the refs. Yeah. And that uh, City uh, just can't help yeah. it. They, they can't help it. They, they need. They feel like they need to have Juve in the Champions League. That's what it is. I, I, and I, they did them a favor. The refereeing definitely did it. Calvarez is one. How Juve do you not? How do you not? Two sorry. games. Go. Yeah. How yeah. do you not go to VAR to look at that call? I think they even did. the announcers. No, even the announcers oh, are saying it's it's supposed to go the other way. Actually, all th- he got. Both penalties wrong. Lautaro Martinez. So I don't want to show I, I want to just show that I'm not being, you know, favorite to to enter. He was terrible all around. But I cannot believe, yeah, that there probably was a silent check. There should be on every goal there's a silent check. I cannot believe Irati didn't tell Gianpaolo to go look at the VAR camera and make a decision for yourself. Like I said, I can understand if Gianpaolo misses it on his first time. I, I can understand it, but VAR, that's inexcusable. Yeah. That has to be seen. And with the stakes that are involved, I mean, this is a 70 million plus windfall for the team that misses out. Yeah. So Milan, you know, after that Caldity draw, which we'll talk about, if, if Juve drew this game, it would have put Milan in a way better situation. So this these three points picked up were massive. And this is why I was saying Inter need to win the Scudetto before they play Juve because for whatever reason, whenever there's a big game against Juve, something always happens with the refs. Yeah, it always. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. It's not a coincidence. It happens. It's not a coincidence. All the time. The referees become the stars of the game. I don't understand it. City, I was doing excellent. Up until this game. Up until week thirty six, up until week thirty seven, up until this exact game, they were terrible all weekend. All the refs. Yeah. I mean, there was soft penalties all around, but this, with the high stakes, the money involved, the Champions League, the Super League, everything that goes with this, it's just. Let's just say a lot of, a lot of fans. Were up in arms and had big questions. Yeah. Because the scars. You know, from not too long ago, over. Obviously, over 10 years now, but the scars are still there. Oh, yeah. And the fans don't forget. And it just, I don't know. It just doesn't look good when big stakes like this are up and cheap points are being given away. Yeah. The one thing I do want to say about this game, I'm not going to talk about the rest because I think you said the piece very well. I feel the exact same way about that. What I want to talk about is my concern for an over-the-hill overrated piece of trash in the center back there in Giorgio Chiellini. This guy is a joke. This guy is an absolute joke. And the worst thing is, is he's going to be captaining the Italian squad for Euro 2020. And unfortunately, I'm going to have no choice but to cheer this guy on because of my undying love for the Azzurri. We saw that own goal. We saw him get manhandled by Romelu Lukaku. You're going to be going up a guy against guys like that game in and game out the year. You're going to be going up against the absolute best. Mm-hmm. 
Romelu Lukaku is one of the absolute best out there right now. If he's showing that against Romelu Lukaku, are you not concerned if you're Roberto Mancini about this? Listen, as an Azuri fan, Chiellini, I would I would not break him. He did win a penalty in the game through a dive, which he's very good at doing his diving, Chiellini. But for a strong man, when we get to the Euros, it's not Juve. No, I know the they, favors aren't going to come. The refs, the refs are different. In, the in favors the, aren't uh, going to come. The refs and are different in the Euro. That's they, for of sure. course they are, because they're not actually biased. They're not actually biased. They're not doing any favors here. It's going to be a big wake-up call. If I were Roberto Mancini, I'd be severely, severely concerned and doubting myself if this guy's going to lead this team out on the field. The way I look at it, we've done the Chiellini-Bonucci pairing for over 10 years now. They couldn't do it in their prime. He's not going to do it now. In his late 30s, uh, he is a shadow of of what he was at his peak. And what he was at his peak wasn't even anything fancy. It's just because there was nobody else out there. Sorry. That's the honest truth. That's the honest truth. And I'm worried. I'm worried about that center back pairing for the national team. I am really worried, especially if it's going to be Bonucci and Chiellini, which we all know it probably will be. That is scary to think about. And if you guys, if you guys... Want to know what that's going to be like? Just watch the Giorgio Chiellini own goal (laughs) where he gets completely manhandled and then he claims that he tried to claim that he was being fouled. He's just a bitch. So I'm worried as an Italian fan. I'm sorry. I'm worried as an Italian fan. This guy's over the hill. He's a joke. You have so many better pieces out there and guys like that are so much more promising, like Kevin Bonafazzi, Alessandro Bostoni, Gianluca Mancini, even Armando Izzo for crying out loud on Torino. Like these guys have much more promise than Giorgio Chiellini does, and it's we're stuck with him. That's gonna be the frustration because you know what. At the Euro, as much as I hate to see, say that, say this, we're going to see something like that. Yeah, he's going to be up, like you said, against the best. I mean, it's, it is. It's time to move on. It's time to give responsibility to the younger generation. He's moved on everywhere else on the team. Now it's time to move on to defense. This is just like the thing with Buffon just hanging too long on to this guy. Yeah, it's time, it is time to move on. Yeah, it time is 110% on. time That's to move what on. I want to say about that. But... Let's move on to a real game here, guys. I'm talking about La Roma, 2-0 over Lazio in the Derby della Capitale. That was a great game. Rome's, Roma's first win against a top seven team this year. Which Just basically was a good cemented, way to end the year. Which basically seventh place status. So we are going to probably go in the conference league. <laughs> Listen, the, the, I just want to say, great game. This Roma team is hilarious. No pressure, and look what these guys do. So, I'm sorry, Roman media, lay off these guys. Lay off these guys. They're back to where they were. They had a rough couple of weeks. Now they're back to the Roma that started the season. This is the Roma I love. Huge shout-out to Daniel Fuzzato. What a game in between the sticks for this kid. Unbelievable. Now he's got me second-guessing myself if we should keep him or not. He put some performances like this. I mean... Yeah. Great. Great goalkeeping. Why not? Great goalkeeping. Mkhitaryan, fantastic performance, fantastic goal. Uh, that Pedro goal. That Pedro goal too. But the one thing I want to talk about here is this kid, Ebrima Darbo. Yes. Okay? Could he be a flash in the pan? Possibly. Possibly. But where has this kid been all season? Nothing to lose now. They put this guy in. This guy's a great defensive midfielder. What a story. He came to Italy as a five-year-old unattended refugee, so no parents. He came by himself as five years old, came to Italy, and look at him now. He's a professional yeah. soccer player. Defying all the odds. Defying all the odds. He is miles ahead of Diawara. Miles ahead yes, right now. Yes, time to sell Diawara. I and think. stick with this guy. But does we know how Jose Mourinho is with the young talent. Hates kids. He hates kids. But this guy's got so much promise. That's the problem. And that's the problem with your manager. That's, that's why Roma's going downhill. That's the problem. Fantastic game by him. Brian Cristante. This eh. is why Mourinho doesn't fit the Roma model going no, into the future. He doesn't. But he doesn't. we'll see. Fantastic game by Roma. Good way to end the season. Yeah. Big derby win. And on a high note. Huge. 
Huge. On the other side, though, we have a very cold Chiro Immobile. I'm worried. A missed Cherby. the penalty today. Yeah, he missed the penalty today against Torino, which we'll talk about. Francesco Cherby, odd bad game. Two yellow cards. They got nothing to, to play for now. Lazio really have nothing to play for. They're in Europa League. There's no motivation there. No motivation, but still, like, come on, guys. Like, this is the Roma. This is the Rome derby, the derby della capitale. This is the most important game for these two teams, because, like you said, both teams are not used to winning. But in all, so in all they fairness, so they did play good Lazio. They tested Fusato. If it wasn't for Fusato, uh, it would be a different. Story. It'd be a different story. It'd be a different story. But the one thing I'm happy about is clean we sheet. clean. We take a clean sheet. Number one. Number two. We save a little bit of face here, and. I think Paulo Fonseca's done a great job this season. That's a great send-off for him. The game on Sunday means nothing against La Spezia. So this is the right send-off for him. I wish him all the best. I'm really going to miss this manager. I really am. I, I think he was the right guy to lead this team forward, especially with Thiago Pinto there. But obviously the Friedkins have a different motive. So say la vie. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, let's move on to the next game here. Uh, Napoli, crucial to nothing win over Fiorentina. Crucial. They yes. they, they, they exercised came, those demons. Yes, from, from a few seasons ago when they lost to Fiorentina in the title chase against Juve. Napoli, Insigne, my goodness, this guy is on fire at the end of the season. What time this, to form. What timing. He is going to be a, Lights our out main for, guy for Euro, along Lights with Berardi, I think. Fantastic, Insigne. Fantastic. How about uh, Fabian Ruiz? Fabian Ruiz too. He's been he's been hitting a purple patch. This whole this this Napoli team. It's unbelievable what they're doing. Juve now being linked with Gattuso. Believe it or not, I don't think it's gonna go. It'll be an interesting signing, but yeah, it, I don't see that happening. I think Zidane's gonna be the one going in. Allegri going to Real Madrid. We'll talk maybe about that later. We gotta talk about that. <laughs> but uh. Napoli, I mean, one game away from securing Champions League fortunes. This was a huge win. I told you they were going to be in the top four. I told you. I know. I I, I called my... it at the start, everybody. Napoli. I think I had them, yeah, in fifth. You had them in fifth. I had them in fifth. I knew this Napoli team was going to do something. The only thing I was stupid was to take Roma in the top four. <laughs> but that was my heart talking about Napoli, this Fantastic. team. It just makes you wonder. Had this Napoli been consistent? But that's why they're not champions. That, that's know. what makes champions. Champions are consistent. You don't have to play great outstanding football. Like Inter didn't just, play great outstanding football. Win. Juve over the nine years didn't play great outstanding football. Just it won. was their bottom line was it win. was good. You know, their worst game was considered a solid good game. They never really played terrible. Yeah. But at the same time they never played you know, maybe they'd play amazing once every month, but you don't have to do that every no. You know, every time. Napoli, they, you know, they're bottom. When they look bad, they look bad. Yeah. But when they're on, they're one of the best teams in in City. Yeah, that's their problem. They gotta find a way to. You gotta learn how to win ugly. Yeah, yeah. Next match. Next match. Benevento Crotone. This killed Benevento. Listen, there is a player in this game that I want to talk about. Who? Marco Festa, in between the sticks for Crotone, gets his Serie A debut. Finally, after... And what a performance. Cordaz, who's been playing okay. What? No, Cordaz has been okay. We've been we've been giving Cordaz grief all season. He's not a Serie A goalkeeper. You have an am- amazing weapon that nobody knows about it. Marco Festa, 28-year-old kid. Well, in his prime now. And he has a fantastic game. He was bombarded by Benevento because Benevento were desperate to get a win. Desperate. And I'm happy that Crotone walked away with a draw because they des- they did it for this guy. This guy was... Where's this guy been? He's just been sitting on the bench. I don't understand why teams like Crotone, if you make the decision early on in the season, maybe yeah. you win a few more points. This is the difference between staying up This guy stole you a point. You stick with veterans that aren't good anymore, yeah. which is a theme we see with a lot of City at teams. It's time to dump certain guys. Juventus. Cordaz is one of them. Yeah. Zlatan, maybe another one. And Chiellini. <laughs> and Bonucci. So, so it goes to show you got to give guys chances. Yeah. And they were a man down for almost the whole game. Yeah. Hopefully they run with him. But you know, in Crotone, knowing 
you know, the way these teams are, they're going to stick with Cordaz going into Serie B. And, stupid. You know, stupid. but Festa, he won this point for... Uh, he did win this point. And Simi, too, the Nigerian striker scoring uh, He's on to, yeah. 20 goals this campaign. He's on to Crotone have a 20-goal scoring striker in their squad. You believe yeah. that? And he's, they finished second last. He's going somewhere big. He should. He is. He's going to go somewhere big, and he deserves it. Uh, on the other on the other side, people in Zagi has got one more game, and he's out the door. This is an utter utter failure for Benevento, knowing the amount of money Pasquale Foggia, the sporting director, invested in bringing Camille Glick, in investing in Gianluca Lapadula, and bringing all these veteran players, and they were okay for half a season, and then they just fell apart. Yeah, that, that's all on people's shoulders. This is 110% on people because you have the pieces to stay up. You, in my opinion, you really do. And there were wor- teams worse off in the oh, city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worse off. This hands down comes down to the manager. And how fitting is it, especially after today, that his brother, Simone Inzaghi, is responsible for sending Benevento down to City of B. I didn't think of that, yeah. That's right. That sucks. It sucks. Brotherly love right there. That's exactly it. But yeah, ciao to Benevento. Yeah. Pleasure having them back in City yeah, but they're gone. They're they gone. It's okay. In. There's a better team from Campania coming up in Salernitana, so... Trade one Com- Campania team for another. Exactly. Exactly. So, 1-1 one, one there. Next game, a game that meant nothing, but Sampdoria squeaking out a one nothing victory. Here yeah. The defensive display in this game between Koli Berezinski and uh, Yoshida was unbelievable. They just completely locked down the box, counterattack. Koliarella finally uh, converted through a penalty. Sampdoria defensively outstanding, but at the same time, they did create more chances. They tested Musso, who had to work. Uh, it was a, a great game by Sampdoria and their counterattack tactics. 5 3 2 was their formation. Beautiful performance by Claudio Ranieri's Sampdoria. Does he come back next season? I'm bringing him back. You know, the owner of Sampdoria, if I'm, if I'm him, I'm bringing Ranieri back. I mean, who else are you going to go for, realistically? Unless you get a, a a manager who is head and shoulders above Ranieri, yeah. you keep him. Because really, what is Sampdoria fighting for? I mean... Sampdoria next year is going to be fighting for top seven. Yeah, they got it. So you got to either knock off Roma or Lazio off their perch. If you're if you're talking about seven and six, Lazio off their perch. So Roma's on the rise. So it's it's going to be tough. So realistically, Sampdoria got to be knocking on the European spots next year. I give Renetti one more chance. This is only what was this a second year with Sampdoria, if I'm not mistaken. Second year, yeah. Second year, give him another chance. I think he can work something out here and create a nice team. I mean, he has the pieces of Gabbiadini, Balde, Candreva, Ekdal. The pieces are there. I just think he needs a little bit more time. Yeah. So on to the next game. Sassuolo keeping their slim Conference League hopes alive. Winning 3-1 to one over Parma. Can I say a guy that gets no respect and probably should be in the Azzurri team? Who's that? Who do you think I'm going to say? Andrea Consigli. I, yeah. Phenomenal this season. Yet yeah, a guy called Salvatore Sirigu is going to get the spot just well, based off history. Salvatore Sirigu is in the provisional squad. Doesn't well, mean he's going to get it. But Consili's not even being considered. I know. It's great. Which is but bogus. Consili's not being considered. Emilio Daryl's not being considered. I don't even think Alex Meret is even being considered. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Consili, the amount of points he's won this. So, Swallow team this year, this guy's been fantastic all season. Probably one of the best goalies in Serie A. This uh, this term under the radar, but again, I want to stress the best Italian player, the best Azzurri player this year going into the Euros, Domenico Berardi. Again, hands down, how vital he was. Hands down, in this three points, even though it was against Parma, fantastic. Giacomo Raspadori playing a solid game. I mean, it's gonna be sad to see this Roberto De Zerbi team. I mean, come to an end. Because he is leaving. It's been confirmed. I think we already said that. He said that. Behind, he also said he's walking out. He's gone. So it will be interesting to see what happens to Sassuolo. Uh, and just one more thing. Bruno Alves 
pulling back the years, what a goal he yeah. scored. Chipping Concili, no, no goal he would have saved it. I mean, no. almost outside the 18. What a goal that was. Uh, but to swallow too much for Parma in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next game. Big drop of the ball here. Can you say pressure? Yeah. Cagliari. Holding the fort down. The great wall of the Sardinia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, as... If you just if you didn't watch the game, you just look at the stats, you'd think, holy Milan dominated. But you know what? Uh Caldiri. Donnarumma had to make two massive saves, goal line clearance saves. Uh I think one from Pavaletti, the other one from I think it was Jean Pedro. If I, I might be getting the second one wrong, but he had to make two huge saves. Milan played phenomenal. They could just not beat the you know, the backline of Kaleri and the yeah. goalie Cranio played fantastic. He did. Kaleri played an almost perfect counter-attacking game. The only thing that was missing was a goal. Yes. And the same can be said about Milan. I mean, they played a fantastic possession game, closing down, suffocating suffocating Kaleri in their end. It was just they were missing the quality up top. More so, sorry, the quality in the midfield to link the play. And a little bit of finishing would have been the difference. But, uh, I mean, Cranio did make some huge saves. Milan, I'm going to say right now, if they miss out on Champions League, I'm worried for them. I think they're going to go right downhill again. They need this Champions League more than any other team right now in uh, Serie A. Um, the pressure from that Juve game, Juve getting those three points, you can tell. It hit them. And now with this game against Atalanta, it's going to be very interesting to see what Milan can pull off. Uh, they must feel very hard done by in this game. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, I want to say Stefano Pioli made some interesting substitutions. I didn't agree with them. Uh, bringing off, knowing you have to win the game. Knowing inevitably you have to win this. If you win this game, you don't have to worry about that game in Bergamo. And just some of the choices, bringing on Mandzukic at the end. Uh, bringing, taking off Chalanoglu, uh, bringing on Samu Castallejo, and everything. Once Castallejo came on, everything went through him, and it he did. just it did. he just does not have the quality to lead this team and finish the job. He really doesn't, and uh, this game showed it. This game showed it hands down. I mean, you guys, you, you needed to win this game. Desperation needed to kick in. You know, a tie is not enough. Because now you gotta hope that you do something against in Bergamo against Atalanta, and that Atalanta is gonna be a lot more difficult than Cagliari. Yes, Atalanta's got nothing to play for now, but they're not just gonna sit there and take it. This is a huge game for them, and if they can take out a fellow rival in Lombardia, then they'll do it, right? Yeah, they'll do it. This game's not gonna be a walk in the park, and unfortunately, I think this. Cagliari Milan game is going to be the turning point that inevitably is going to push Milan out into Europa League. As yeah. much as I hate to say that. Yeah. We'll, I really hope I'm wrong. We'll dive a little further into that game, uh, into the podcast. But yeah, I mean, Milan, I, what I saw, the biggest downfall to their game right now is they're playing like individuals. Too much dribbling, too much time wasting on the ball. It's not boom, the ball's not being moved quick, uh, quick around the pitch enough. Uh, that is their problem. I'm finding uh, too individualistic in this team. Yeah. I know they're not playing like a team anymore. So we'll see that if uh, you know if purely makes some tweaks in this Atalanta game, we'll see. But I think that wrapped up. No, actually, we got one more game. Verona Bologna, two two. Both games bo- means nothing. Meant nothing. Teams. Some good goals. Faroni scoring a nice yeah. goal rate in the opening, and then Bologna coming back. Yeah. Solid game by both. Both showing their attacking prowess, but uh, ultimately meant nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's take a break from City. Uh, let's talk about this provisional squad real quick for the Euro. Uh, so Roberto Mancini calling his provisional 33 men preliminary. Squad list for Euro 2020 this summer. Uh, it th- obviously the list does not include Jorginho and Emerson Palmieri as they are playing Manchester City in the Champions League final on May 29th. But they will report to Coverciano after that, so they will be included in the preliminary squad. But let's go over this for you. 
Alessio. So there's four four goalkeepers called up, which will be narrowed down to three. Alessio Cranio, Gianluigi Donnarumma, Alex Meret, Salvatore Sirigu. I don't know why, but we'll talk about that. Defenders, Francesco Acerbi, Alessandro Bostoni, Cristiano Biraghi, Leonardo Bonucci, Giorgio Chiellini, Giovanni Di Lorenzo, Alessandro Florenzi, Manuel Lazzari, Gianluca Mancini, Leonardo Spinazzola, Rafael Toloi. Midfielders, Nicolo Barella, Gaetano Castrovilli, Brian Cristante, Manuel Locatelli, Lorenzo Pellegrini, Matteo Pessina, Stefano Senzi, Marco Verratti. E poi i attaccanti, Andrea Bellotti, Domenico Berardi, Federico Bernardeschi, don't ask me why, Federico Chiesa, Vincenzo Griffo, Ciro Immobile, Lorenzo Insigne, Moise Keyan, Matteo Politano, and Giacomo Raspadori. So there's your, there's your preliminary squad. The 23, or t- sorry, the 26, because they're allowed to carry three extras. The 26-man squad will be from these preliminary players. <laughs> um, so, initial thoughts here. I mean, it's more or less the same squad. There's some guys in the squad from the previous national team that I think don't belong in here. Stone. It's like, it's like yeah. beating a dead horse, repeating these names over and over again. Uh, if this is what Mancini, who just signed an extension to 2026, if, if this is what he feels is the best Suzuki team, uh, players to get in the Suzuki team, then it must be. We've got to put faith in Mancini. He's built great clubs over the years. Yeah. He's won titles with Inter. He's won titles with Manchester City. You know, he's done big things in his career. And I do think at the end of the day, he will win a trophy for the uh, the Azuri again. Yeah. I really do. Here's will it be this time in the Euro, though? I'm having my doubts. I mean, if this tournament was held last year, I really do believe Italy would have won the Euro last year. Yeah. It's different uh, now. Now I'm having my doubts going into this I year. Think, I think realistically we have to aim for semifinals. Semifinals is the goal. I Get, think we got to come out of a group stage first. <laughs> no, semifinals is the goal. Anything else after that's gravy. The interesting part here is when you name strikers, when you look at that, there's realistically only three out-and-out strikers in Andrea Bellotti, who really isn't, Ciro Immobile, and Giacomo Raspadori. I mean, that goes to show you the lack of attacking number nines. This has been Italy's Achilles heel for a long time since we've won the world cup i mean yes we did have some good attackers in 2008 with qualiarella and di natale i think who else was in there towards the end of their career there was a few but after when we entered the the decade we just got out of i mean the the strikers have been atrocious they've been atrocious i mean this is the worst attacking lineup italy's ever had i think so I mean, unless one of them go off yeah. and create a name for themselves in this tournament. That's what you hope for. Anything can happen in uh, seven games. It's just seven games it is. to win. It just takes a moment. Yeah, you know, and seven maybe games. Giacomo Raspadori is the guy to do it. He's been having a fantastic season. I think he's season. on the outside looking in. Definitely I'd is on the outside. I'd love to see him in this squad, but let's be realistic. He's going to be on the outside looking in. Federico- you, can't, you can't blame Mancini for that, though. I mean... At the end of the day, you do got to play your two guys. Belotti is scoring goals. Chiro has been scoring goals. The only thing is, you have to play for your striker. And you got to tell your midfielders to pass the freaking ball to the striker when they make their run. Yeah. I think that's the biggest problem. If you watch Chiro in the, in the national team, the team does not play for Chiro. No. That's, that's the biggest downfall. Chiro is being let down by the midfield trio behind him and his wingers. Yeah. Chiro is a good striker at the end of the day. He is good. I don't think he's great. great. I don't think he's world-class, but he is solid. He's better than a lot of strikers on other national teams. But our midfield, as talented as it is, as good as there is keep, at keeping the ball and beating a guy and beating the press, they are terrible at picking out the runner. And that has to be done. you know. And, and the biggest example I can think of in recent times, which completely changed the team if you look at anyone that followed Premier League Robin Van Persie when he went to Manchester United for the first time Sir Alex Ferguson no one in the team was passing the ball to Van Persie one of the best strikers he was making all the perfect runs but between Wayne Rooney Scholes Carrick Giggs was in the squad at the time 
Rio Ferdinand, no one was picking up the runs of Van Persie. They just weren't seeing it. And then Sir Alex Ferguson just dug into them saying, pass the ball to him. This guy's making all the right runs. You guys are not seeing the runs being made. Just pass the ball. Just give it to him in the space and he will get the goals. And then Van Persie went and won them a Premier League almost single-handedly. That is what has to happen with the Azuri. Chiro, I believe, is good enough. Andrea Bolotti, not as good with the runs, but Chiro makes those runs. It is up to Mancini to get the midfields, the midfield players of Nicolo Barella and, and uh, Sanzi Pellegrini, Verratti, Jorginho. He has to get it in their head. Look for Chiro. Play to yeah. his strengths, his abilities, and we will do good. If you're going to go play possession ball, dominate a team, suffocate them, you're not. we're not going to score goals. Italy's going to look good, but we're going to get knocked out. So yeah. the first tough competition we play, play to the strikers' strengths. That's all I ask for. Yeah, well, well said. We'll see what happens. We'll see. What, what else do you think about this Zuri team? Uh, I know your thoughts on Giorgio <laughs> and Bonucci. Arguably, we have the. I think arguably we have one of the best midfields in the tournament. Arguably in the world, I think. I think it's going to be a starting three of Nicola Barella, Marco Verratti, and Jorginho. I just that's what it seems like. Um, and then Manuel Locatelli, Lorenzo Pellegrini. What do you do with those guys, right? Like, there, there, there's so much talent in this midfield. It's insane. It's, it's one of the most it's insane deep midfields you ever had. Yeah. Uh, defensive wise, this is where we really got to shape up, and uh, you have some really promising talents there. I, I, you know, I. I admire the call-up. I just don't know what the plan is with Rafael Toloi. I just think there's better options, even in this call-up list, than Rafael Toloi. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I. That's how I feel about it. Um, the only thing I'd say about Rafael Toloi is that he's on a team that, when they go on the front foot, he's capable of making a pass from the defense. Yeah, but so is a guy like Manuel Lazzari, right? Souls a guy but like, it's a different position. Souls a Manuel guy like Leonardo Spinazzola. But they're more midfielders. We need, we're talking about the center backs. I mean, the only great passing center backs we have are Bastoni and Bonucci. They're the best passing yeah. center backs. Chiellini yeah. has two left feet. Well, he is left-footed. So, I mean, two right feet, the way he passes the ball. Uh, Mancini's not the greatest on the ball. Yeah, but who are we kidding? You're going to... Rafael Toloi is probably going to get put on the team but he's not going to play a minute so what's the point but he's there as back he's like the the Barzali in 06 you know these guys are just subs at the end of the day they're just subs they're there to come in and he's not a bad sub to bring in let's just put it that way I think he's good but this is the direction Italy's going in they're looking to play a more passing I know it's game. more passing more it's less Catanaccio um, defense has changed in Italy it has if it was a few decades back, you know, Chiellini, I think, would look good if we sat back and played that yeah. style. But for me, this is why he doesn't belong. He is not of this new national team the way they that's want right. to play. And that's, that's why right. Juve has struggled. Ever since Juve's wanted to adopt an attack and style and you've had Chiellini in the back trying to make passes, that's the last guy you want on the ball making yeah, a pass. It's true. So... I know, I know. And then goalkeeper... To, yeah. Goalkeeper-wise, it's four goalkeepers. Three are going... It's probably going to be Donnarumma, Meret, and Sidigou because Cranio really hasn't had a crack yet. It should be Cranio, Donnarumma, and Meret. Go with the three young guys. Sidigou does not deserve to be there. He does. I he's he's not going to get a minute anyway. I don't care if it's a leadership in the locker room. I don't care about that. The guy is barely in City He's had arguably one of the worst seasons he's ever had. So why are you going to take a goalkeeper with that kind of form? Because realistically, what if a freak accident happens? We Kinda saw like it in two, 2010. Yeah. Buffon. I, I know. I wouldn't want City to go in that between no. the posts. No. Um, I'd rather have Cranio or Meret. Cranio has deserved it. I mean, yes, Cranio is in the same spot as Sidigu where, you know... They were almost in City of B. I get that, but there's so much more upside in Alessio Cranio. You get you get so much more return by bringing an Alessio Cranio to this tournament, looking ahead rather rather than a Salvatore Sirigu, which realistically this is probably going to be his last international tournament if he gets called up. And that's maybe why they're giving it to him. I mean, my spin on this is really if you look at the Italian 
goalkeeping in, in City A. This season, there's really has been no standout, no standout goalie. There's, you know, there's there hasn't been any. There's been you know sparks, great performances once in a while. But back to this baseline theory, I have the baseline for goalkeeping in Serie A this year has been fantastic. It's been fantastic. It's been the best it's been in years. Yeah. So really, they could rotate anybody in. I'm um, I'm happy with. I'm happy. I'm I'm fine. Donnarumma is a nut. I'm happy with it. Uh, he probably does deserve it the most out of oh, any four. of the Italian goalies. Um, and then after that, Maret, Cranio, Sirigu, it, it doesn't matter. They're all kind of within the same area. I mean, Sirigu obviously had pit a little bit lower. But for me, at the end of the day, Donnarumma, he's going to be the goalie if he's healthy yeah. for the entire tournament. It doesn't matter. So well, we'll see what happens. They play San Marino... On uh, get that May 28th, up. yeah, seriously, they better <laughs> smash him like 20 nothing. So they get Chiro a hat trick, so he feels good. So Italy's training retreat in Coverciano begins on Monday, May 24th. Then they play a friendly against San Marino at Sardegna Arena on May 28th. Uh, in preparation for their first game at the Euro against Turkey at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome on Friday, June 11th. Italy will be playing all their three of their group games at home at the Stadio Olimpico. Talk about pressure. I can't wait. I haven't been excited for a international competition in a long time with Italy. It's you feel like there's a chance. You feel like there's a chance. Whether if they're in, whether they're it's the worst team we've ever seen or it's the best team we've ever seen, I always think they have a chance <laughs> that's just my love that's for the observe. I, I love them and i wish them all the best and yes semifinals is a target but hey if you guys can get there i'll be right behind you even with that big nose plug giorgio killini back there with that big beak toucan sam all right let's move on to match day 38 let's run through it i mean a yeah. lot of the games don't matter a lot of, but there's Let's focus on the that games matter. that do matter. So the first game that matters, Napoli-Verona. Napoli got to win this game, assured Champions League status. A team I wouldn't want to play in the final. I mean, Hellas Verona, Juric isn't happy with the squad. No. Calling them not good. The owners aren't the happiest with Juric the way he's speaking up in the media. Yeah. So the boat's been rocked in Verona. Napoli, on the other hand, it's been looking all the way up for them. They win this. They're in. It's that simple. Uh, win and you're in win and you are in do they do it or do they choke no this Napoli team if you get all the way here to the final match day and you blow it Jesus it'll be the I'll tell you right now Napoli will just Napoli will drop next year they'll just absolutely drop next year they need this bad they need this bad they've done enough to deserve to be in the top four they know how important this game is. They're on fire. Napoli for the win for me. I think so. I have to side with you. Napoli are the most informed team in Serie A. If they were to drop it now, I'd just blow up the squad for next year. Yeah. It's finished. Uh, do or die, I think they have it in them. I think Gattuso, this will be the best sending off for him. He will go to a bigger team. He will. Uh, in re- financially. And I think show is worth next season, whether it's in City A or not. Uh, I think we will see Napoli in the Champions League next year. Yeah. Well, there you go. We're both telling Napoli is going to be in Champions League, so it means they're winning. A game that means nothing. Inter Udinese means nothing. Not much to talk about. No. Who cares? Who cares? It's it's just a it's a friendly at this yeah. point. It's a friendly. Maybe massive. Inter can scout their future signing Rodrigo De Paul. Who got called up to the national team? Ten City A players called up to the Argentine national team, yeah. by the way. Dybala not included. Yeah. Uh, but ten. Huge. Fantastic. Huge, huge. Next game. It's a big one. Atalanta Milan. Atalanta, nothing to play for except pride, which I think they will field a very strong team. Gasparini will go out to win this game. Going up against a Milan team, feeling the heat. Should have got it done against Cagliari, but didn't. Can they bounce back? Can they get a win here? This is where, I mean, this is the situation. This is the situation Milan did not want to be in. Last game of the season. Nothing but to blame but themselves. Everything on the line. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. 
nobody to blame but themselves. They have to win. They could draw and potentially get in, depending on what happens in Verona, Napoli game, and the Juve Bologna game. But Milan have to win. Their entire season season is riding on this. the The entire outlook of this team, I think, over the next few years, is riding on yeah. this. Milan this, will fall apart if they. Don't I make think it. so. They need a massive cash injection into this team uh, to give it a boost. And I think if Milan do get into Champions League, you will see Milan come back to the glory days and fighting for Scudetto uh, year in, year out. Atalanta, they do have Coppa Italia tomorrow, which we'll preview. We'll give a quick preview on that. What kind of state they're going to be in coming into that Sunday match, because I'm pretty sure they're going to give it their all. They're going to want to be Juve. It will be interesting. So Milan should have the edge in regards to the fitness. Yeah. But if you look... Manager-wise, the tactics, you think Gasparini edges out. Attacking-wise, I give the edge to Atalanta. The way Malinovsky plays, Muriel coming off the bench, Zapata, Mario Pasilic, Mirunchuk, the way he played. It, it is unbelievable the amount of weapons. Gossens, too, can always yeah. go from the midfield. The midfield of Atalanta isn't the greatest. It's just a ball-winning midfield. Very simple. And the defense of Atalanta... Very aggressive ball passing, you know, is good. I mean, that's what Milan's going to be up against. And Milan, like I said, I I, I previewed this a bit. They got to get rid of this individualistic game that they they come. They try too much dribbling, too much one-on-one play. They got to play as a team, do the one-two combinations, beat Atalanta's press, and Milan will win this game. But they got to drop the individual play. As much as Atalanta are going to try and play spoiler, they're going to want to win Coppa Italia. So you're going to see either a tired starting 11 or you're going to see a rotation in the squad because this game is not as important as that Coppa Italia game tomorrow. And I just think Milan have to show their their life is on the line here. Their life is on the line because if they don't do it now, they're never going to do it because next year they won't do it. Next year is going to be even more difficult to get in. So to me, knowing what's on the line, I think we're going to see a miracle here. I think Rebic is going to be a hero and he's going to steal this game for AC Milan and Milan are going to win this game. So that means we've already picked you, Napoli. We picked Milan. So you think you are going to miss? They're out done. They're not dudes. meant to be in the Champions League next year because they suck. <laughs> they suck. They suck. The only reason they beat Inter is because they got friggin' favors. And yes, they're going to get probably ten penalties awarded in the Bologna game against a team that means nothing. Okay, <laughs> I swear to God, Milan, you guys need to win this game. Fabio, well, you know, your Milan team needs to win. We know if some fishy stuff happens in the in the match day thirty eight, some you know big question marks will be asked. Yeah, as to the, the legitimacy of City. Yeah, but uh, I'm saying Milan. Milan. I mean, if you look at their top seven record too, it stinks. It does. It's, it's not it's, good. It's it's just a little bit better than Roma's. It's a lot better than Roma's, but. <laughs> They have just a little bit, but I think in the top seven, I, I looked at the table not too long ago. They are fifth. If you just look at the top seven table, see just a little bit better. Roma in seventh. I uh, I mean, Milan's on a negative goal differential. They yep. concede. They have conceded over twenty goals uh, against top seven teams. So they do concede. I think Kyer Tomori. They have locked it down. Donnarumma's been a little bit better. So I'm hoping. I hope so. And if they, they don't they make it. it then Stefano Pioli continues his curse that he can never get you into the Champions League. <laughs> I know, seriously. And That's and the thing the thing is too, if and you look if you look at Milan's top goal scorer, yeah, against top seven teams, it is none other than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Who's out? Who's out? And it's missing the Euro. And their most creative player against top seven teams has been Leao for the counterattack. He has four assists in those seven games. So that's a huge miss. I mean Leao he has been in and out of the starting lineup. We'll see if he starts. Atalanta, on the other hand, top seven. Their guys who pull the strings, it's uh, Muriel and Malinovsky. They, oh, yeah. They're the guys. So those are the big guys to watch out for. This is going to be one of the most exciting games in Serie A. Yeah. Watch that game, Atalanta-Milan. Enjoy it, everybody. Now, another the last, game. The last important game? Well, no. there's 
Is there another important game? Oh, yeah, there is another important game. I don't think it's going to be important because I think when Milan wins, the game's going to mean nothing. <laughs> but let's move on. Let's just keep – let's run through these real quick. Sampdoria Parma, another nothing. friendly, nothing. Cagliari Genoa, another friendly, nothing. A game that would have meant something had Lazio won today, Torino Benevento, now means nothing. Zilch. Thank you, Simone and Zaghi, for sending your little brother back down the city of B. <laughs> Well, he's going to be without a job next year anyway. Uh, <laughs> Bologna now hosting Juve. This is the bit. This is the last big game of the week. Yeah, I mean, Juve are going to win this hands down. Sure, I think. <laughs> I hate to call it, but they're probably oh, going to yeah. get a penalty. They're winning this game. <laughs> what no did I tell what. you? They're winning this game no matter what. Giorgio's going to fall on his big schnoz. <laughs> And uh, it's, they're going to call a penalty. Or Quadrado's going to dive like a ballerina. And that's it. It's over. They're, they're going to win this game. I mean, yeah. this, this is what Juve does. When the cards are stacked against them, they find a way to pull it out. Yeah. I think Juve will win. Will it be enough to get them into the we, Champions League? We won't League? know. We won't know, obviously, until the final whistle is blown. Of Milan Atalanta. Yeah, because all these games are at the same time. All at the same time on Sunday, 1.30, I think it is. Canadian, uh, you know. Is it 1.30 or 2.30? It's got to be one or the other. Maybe 2.30. I don't know yeah. exactly. But it's in the afternoon. But check them out. Check them out. But Juve for me. Yeah, Juve is going to win this game because they're going to get all the favors in the world. Other Unless three- Palacio continues his amazing no, form. They're going to get no. If Palacio scores then they're going to get five penalties Juve to, to give them back. But we have Mihalovic from Interista. Doesn't mean anything. Palacio from Interista. So let's go over through the last three games that mean nothing. Roma Spezia, another friendly means nothing for to Roma. Final game for Fonseca. Yep. Adios Sassuolo Lazio. Be Man. a fun attacking game, and it means nothing. The Zerbi's final game. Nothing. And then Crotone Fiorentina. Nothing. So there's match day 38 for you. Now, tomorrow is a big game. Coppa Italia finale. Coppa Italia. Juventus contro Atalanta. Sorry. Juventus contro Atalanta. I think Atalanta are going to win this game. This is an opportunity for Atalanta to win a trophy in decades. Aside from Serie B. Serie B doesn't mean the the same, right? This is Coppa Italia. This is a prestigious trophy. This would mean a lot to Atalanta. This is huge for them. They are going to give everything they have. This is their season right here. Coppa Italia final. That's why they're going to be hungrier. Juve are going to have one eye on the Coppa Italia. I really think they're going to focus more on the Bologna game, knowing they have to win that game. So they're going to be distracted about that. So Atalanta, hands down, win this game. See you later. But at the same time, Pirlo, yeah, Champions League does bring more money. Coppa Italia brings more prestige to him. It will be two trophies in one year. So was Pirlo a failure if he wins two trophies in one year? Yes. If he gets out of Champions League, I guess so still, right? Um, so that's going to be the dilemma for Pirlo. I mean, they could easily do the double, get in, and win the Coppa Italia, and then Pirlo's a god again. But, uh, no. I mean, this this is going to be, you know, for what we mentioned already, the players, the key players in both teams. Uh, Atlanta, to me, have the momentum. I don't, I'm not convinced by Juve still. Uh, the intergame... They just don't look good. Inter didn't look good. Juve didn't look good. I think Pirlo's still second-guessing what his best lineups are. There, There's a lot of problems behind the scenes. All we know for sure is Juan Cuadrado is his best player in this team. Uh, sorry, next to Ronaldo. Juan is his best player. Yeah. Those two have to be on. And uh, if they aren't, Juve don't have a chance. Malinovsky, I'm very curious. I think he's next to Luis Muriel, the best player in Atlanta right now. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Bentancur and Rabiot, most likely to start, can handle him. Uh, I expect to see Chiellini de Ligt starting in the center-back pairing. It's just going to be a great game, I think, overall. I am leaning towards a Juve win here. I think they're going to pull it off. They're going to do it for Pirlo. 
He's going to end with two trophies, uh, his one and only year with Juve, I think. And then they will look to replace him. But I just don't know if Atalanta, they always fall short, it seems, in these big stages. Yeah. They always fall short. This is going to be John Piero Gasparini's biggest game. Hands down. He needs a trophy. He needs Hands a trophy down. for all the hard work he's put in. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see. Maybe Cristiano Ronaldo's last game too. Yeah. You know, at, at winning a trophy for Juve, moving six supercars out of his garage overnight in, in his uh, Torino mansion. Yeah. Rumors are he's leaving. So it'll be, it's going to be a very good game. Yeah. It is going to be a very good game. Tune Tomorrow. In. Tomorrow. Speaking of which, I want to talk about two quick things before we go. Because speaking of tomorrow, tomorrow is the next round of the Serie C promotion playoffs in the morning, followed by Coppa Italia. Some massive games coming up here in the next round. One and done. Let's go. Here are the six games for tomorrow for the next round of Serie C promotion playoffs. Cesena is playing Metallica. We all know who Cesena is. Ferral Pisallo is playing Virtus Verona, two relatively unknown teams uh, in the higher division, so be good exposure for them. Here's a big game for you. Juve Stabia against Palermo. Palermo on the rise. On the rise. Then the next game, one of the most historic clubs plays the youth club of the most corrupt club in Italy. And I'm talking about Pro Vercelli versus the Juventus under-23 team. Oh, my God. In the promotion playoffs. We also got Albino Lefe against Grosetto. Two teams that had their time in Serie B many years ago. And the big one. This is the big, big matchup of the Serie C promotion playoffs. And I'm talking about Body versus Foggia. It takes place tomorrow. Let's go Body. Let's go De Laurentiis. Let's go Foggia. Let's move it. Let's show those Foggiano. That we have make the best Chimderap there is. It's the Chimderap Derby tomorrow, guys. Chimderap Derby. And before we go, the last thing I want to talk about here. You guys are probably wondering what's going on in the City of B promotion playoffs. Well, we had the first legs yesterday. And here are some shocks, okay? In the first leg, Venezia beats Lecce 1-0. Has a 1-0 aggregate lead. Here is... The shocker for me. They must have been listening and they must have been like, we want to prove this Bacala wrong. Cittadella beat Monza 3-0 in the first leg. Monza have to come. They are now going to Monza wow. for the return leg. Wow. Down by three goals. So Berlusconi, all that money might be for nothing. Wow. Cittadella won 3-0. Cittadella's got one foot in the door in the final for the promotion playoffs. We might see Cittadella in the city. Yeah, I cannot believe. It. They must have listened to the last podcast. They must have. They must have. Because I ripped I them apart. So. I think so. <laughs> I think Juve's listening too. No, screw them. Come at me. Agnelli. I'm at Canada. I'm in Canada, bro. I'm in Scarborough. Come at me. See what happens. <laughs> You and your cheap fiat crap. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Daniele family, garbage. <laughs> garbage. Ruined Ferrari in Formula One and now ruining Italian soccer with Juventus. So that's can all we, I got to say. Can we just leave off in one wild story? Let's do it. Gianluca Scamacca's father. Okay. Going to the same. Roma training ground, smashing all the cars. He, Tago Pinto, he smashed his windows in. Apparently going after Bruno Conti for some overdue lira. Uh, Gianluca Scamacca, obviously, very rattled by his father's uh, <laughs> actions. He's going to have to play for Roma now. My God, the drama never ends in Rome. It doesn't. I'm telling you. It's, as, it's just as bad as the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. I'm telling you. Or yeah. probably it's worse. It's worse. I don't get it. It's worse. I don't get it. It's if worse. you ask me, but... But uh, that wraps up today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in. It'll probably be late Sunday night, early Monday morning for our final podcast for Serie A. It's gonna be a bit of it's gonna be a bit of a 
emotional one because it's been quite a ride. It's been a fun ride. It's been a fun for us to carry our first season. Our ever. first season yeah. ever, right? And listen, we're really looking forward to the Euro. So don't go anywhere about that. We got so many things lined up for you, right? And the Euro is going to be so exciting. We can't wait to do that. If you think the trash talking on Juve is bad right now, just wait till the Euro comes in. And, and I'm putting all the other nations on high alert because... A.K.A. England and Portugal. Oh, those guys are going to win nothing. Trash. <laughs> Trash. Three Lions, my culo. <laughs> Three Lions, my culo. They haven't even won that many World Cups. You invented the sport and you've only won it once. Over a controversial goal too, by the way. And Portugal, on the other hand. Yeah. But- <laughs> Let's save it. Let's save it. All right. We're, we'll save it for two weeks. You just tune in for that one. But until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah.